welcome to episode 16 of the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast, where you'll hear what it's like to train for and run your first marathon. I'm Dwayne France, and I'm joined by Coach Morgan Lattimore, the People's Coach. And together, we're going to share the week-by-week training journey that'll take me, just a regular guy in a mere mortal, to the finish line of my first marathon. And if I can do it, you can too. Thanks for joining us for the Mere Moral Marathon podcast. I'm excited to be going on this journey and pleased to invite you to join me along the way. There's a couple of ways that we can be connected. Follow the podcast wherever you listen to them and you'll be notified when a new episode comes out. You can also see where the journey takes me by connecting on Strava by going to strava.com forward slash athletes forward slash M3 podcast, which will be in the show notes. There you'll see if I'm following the training plan like I'm supposed to be. You'll find all of the episodes on the fundraising page for my charity partner, the Second Wind Fund at coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast. The mission of the Second Wind Fund is to decrease the incidence of suicide in children and youth by removing barriers to treatment. They match children and youth at risk for suicide with licensed therapists in their communities and pay for up to 12 sessions of therapy when there's a barrier to treatment. And simply by listening right now, you're doing your part. Every time someone listens to an episode, $1 will be donated to the Second Wind Fund up to $1,000. So listen, share, and know that you're doing your part to stop suicide in children and youth in Colorado. So check out coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast for all the episodes to give to the cause or simply to see how far we've gotten. This week, Coach Morgan and I talk about week 13. We're five weeks out from the marathon, and if you listened to the last episode, we didn't get a chance to talk about week 12. We're increasing the mileage with a 14-mile long run in week 12 and a 16-mile long run in week 13. There's some mental stuff going on, which we talk about in our conversation. This being my first marathon, this is new territory for me. Those of you who have been down this journey, whatever the first race distance you're working towards, might recognize this uncertainty. So week 13 was a second consecutive week of 42 miles, with six miles on Monday, some speed work within four miles on Tuesday, three miles on Wednesday, a five-mile treadmill run because of some spring Colorado snow on Thursday, a 60-mile run on Saturday, which didn't go so great, but I felt good about, which we'll talk about in the show, and rounding it out with eight miles on Sunday. So check out this week's coaching call, Reviewing the Week, and we'll come back afterwards to wrap things up. All right, so week 13. It's been a couple of weeks, and I think we got some stuff to chat about. Week 13. It has been a couple. Man, bro. It's flying. Oh, this, oh my God. That was a whole nother thing. We had to adjust and I wasn't able to be on last episode because I was in the airport for 48 hours. Huh. So that's part yeah, of the that fun. Was, part that of the was fun not fun. Travel. <laughs> <laughs> then they emailed me talking about, you know what? We're going to give you 7,500 free miles. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> They'll give you my damn life back. <laughs> I, I might get a free bag check or something. Yeah, that'll help me out at all. But anyway. First, tell me how you feeling about this week. And then I have some questions that I've been looking at the, this week so far. And I wanted to run some things by you and ask some more questions. But I want to have an overview of 42 miles for two weeks straight. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. And even going back to a couple of weeks and if folks haven't heard us really talk about the 14 mile. I, so I did a 14 mile two weeks ago and then I did the 16 mile yesterday objectively, the 14-mile run looked like it went better, but I felt worse about it. And then the 16-mile run yesterday didn't go as well, but I feel better about it. So there's a little bit of a back and forth there. What's going on with you in these distances? You tell me. Because like, I don't think it's physical, personally. 
No, you know, I, I have run 14 miles before training for the half marathon. I've run that distance before, but I'd mm -hmm. never run beyond that distance. And so when I ran that 14 miles a couple of weeks ago, I was like, yeah, I did that, but I'm not sure I could do more. There was a piece of why, why, like what, what, like what? just the doubt of it, perhaps like I knew that I could do that 14, but I was like, oh, and next week I got to do 16. This is the question though. Like the question is, we know the doubt was there. Like me and you both, mm -hmm. based off your comments, and we know that a lot of people will actually go into it like doubting. And so the question I'm asking you is, have you unpacked where the doubt is coming from? That's what I'm asking. Because what happened on the 16-miler, based off reading your notes, I don't want to happen on race day. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't have the discussion on, I'm more looking not for the issue, but for the problem. What is the problem that is causing the issues? And so why mentally, I don't know. It, it, I'm, that's the first time you've ever commented like that. I'm just going to be honest. And so mm -hmm. I was, when I'm reading through it, I'm like, okay, this is a big one, right? And But you have multiple, I would say multiple times, I mean like two to three times, and that includes this one, where you, you had longer runs and you said you went into it with this mental thing, right? And I want to know where it's coming from. Have you really thought about that? I think I'm waiting for the point in my training when I know I've got it. I believe I have it. I'm on the edge of, I'm pretty sure I've got this distance, but I think I'm waiting for that moment of clarity of, oh, I know I got this. And I'm not sure if it's going to come. What is that? Explain that moment. If you were in that moment, it happened. Like what, what would be the ideal scenario or conditions would make that feeling come to light? And I think it probably has to do the distance, right? I'm thinking back to now that I'm going back to my previous getting back into running. I knew with the half marathon, when I built back up to 12 miles at a time, or even hit 12 and a half, that I knew I was there. I knew that I'll be okay. I'll finish and things like that. I think I'm on that edge of, I'm like 80% certain. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking for more perfection than I need to, but I'm right on that edge of erasing all doubt. And maybe you don't have that doubt based on your experience, but maybe it's because this is a new distance for me. But it's not a new distance. And adding one or two miles, we haven't made a big enough jump. And then people say, we all, we can use the comment, we're all different. Yeah, but we're, we're similar in a lot of things in life because we're human. That's what makes us, there's similarities which makes us human. And so what I'm noticing, if I'm looking at a pattern, it's always when we go far, right? And what you perceive to be far. because Three miles as far if you have never done it, six miles as far if you have never done it, 10 miles as far if you, and so on and so forth. And now we're venturing into a zone that you don't frequent. And so now you're here because I don't think it has, I'm going to check, I'm going to ask another question after we get done talking about this, but there's no reason physically you shouldn't be able to run that at all. Because we're not, we're adding 20 minutes maybe to the run when we had two, like we had two more miles, we had 20 minutes, you're a 10, 10 minute miler. Yeah, and I think that it was, maybe it was the weird thing after that 14 mile I did two weeks ago okay. was when I had done 14 miles before, I knew that I had it because I was training for a half marathon. When I ran 14 miles two weeks ago, I was like, oh, I still have more to go. I was thinking of the jump between 14 to 26, not thinking of the jump from 14 to 16 or 14 to 18. Yeah, but not only are you running 14, you were running 14 after you'd already ran 20 miles that week. This is not a fresh 14. This is not a fresh 16. So your body, 
you ran the 14, your body was under a load. You ran the 16, your body's under a load. When you run 26, your body will not be under that same load, right? That's mm-hmm. what taper is for. And so there's a couple pieces to this, right? First, like I, I think I told you before, as we run, your body will be under a load because we wanted to. We can spread it out and we can get the total load of the race or the distance by getting throughout the week and as we build. But essentially, if I tapered you now, you should be able to run 26 miles without even thinking about it. There's no doubt in my mind. And knowing the human body, not unless you just, you, nutrition just doesn't go well and you don't listen to the pacing. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to run 26 miles today. But the key is we want to build to a certain extent where like you feel when you run it, you're like, I have a good experience. I feel good mm-hmm. about it. I know that I can do it. And so there's two pieces to this, right? There are those athletes out there that need, and this is exists because I have a handful of athletes that say, I got to run 26. We might not, we might make it to 18 miles. Maybe I know them a little bit more. I've, they've been, they have a little bit more season. They may trust the process a little bit more. And then there's that other style of coaching, whereas you have to know as a coach that, okay, the athlete needs to go the distance. When you pick it, I'm saying, okay, I need to take him closest to 26 as possible. Right. Or like what we perceive that to be like when I told you run this day, the next day, this is how the back end of the race is going to feel like. And so t- trying to simulate it, but what you have to be careful with is depending on your goal, you can run 26 in training. You can run 26.2 in training, right? Depending on what your goals are, right? Because you can run it the distance itself, you can race pace it, or you can do a um, over distance run where you can go 30 or 28 or 29, right? And so that gives you a more internal confidence that you need to like push through. So, uh, but then there's the other piece, especially when you're not, you don't run at this volume that often. And two, your goal is really not to PR anything. It's just right. to finish. And so yep. I have to think of as a coach, which one do you need? Which one do you need? And we don't need to go 26 because we're just going to finish. And I know mm-hmm. based off how you run it, your mental grit and resilience that you have, that you can do it. But I need you to stop not believing in yourself. <laughs> All your discipline in the world ain't fixing that one thing, right? Right. And, and that alarms me. Not, And I say alarms just for people to understand, like, not where I'm like, oh, my God, he's not going to do it. No. It yeah. alarms me because you don't normally react like this. So this is what we're going to do. I'm gonna, I got one more part to this question because I'm going to make some adjustments to next week. And let me see if I can remove some of that physical pain that causes the emotional doubt, right? Because that does too, because when something hurts more than you think it's going to hurt, it seems like, mm, is this really, am I really ready? Am I, will I be ready type of thing? So tell me about your nutrition while you're on the, the run. Yeah. So, um, and, and I guess for, for folks, so yesterday's 16 mile run, I hit about 12 miles, started to walk a little bit, and then it was sort of up and down after that and still ended up at like a 1030 pace, a little off of the 10 minute pace we were aiming for. But uh, I was doing it according to plan, taking gels. So using the human gels. How many gels did you use? So you ran for two. Let's go. Let's just go say that's goes round into three hours and, I, and I'm writing this down. So six. So I was yes. doing it every 30 minutes. So you um, had six gels and they're 100 calories a piece. Yeah. 100 calories. So that's 600 calories. Okay. How much water? Uh, yesterday's run, I've got two 20-ounce bottles, 40, and I was drinking about the miles. 40 ounces. And I think probably by the time that I was done, I didn't measure it, but I had 
I don't know, maybe eight to 10 ounces left in one of the bottles. Mm. 30, so he didn't even have the old 40 ounces. 30, yeah, 30, 32, 34 ounces. Do you have a human gel next to you at all? I do not. Give me one second. I do. What flavor do you like? The mocha. Oh, well, I don't have those. Okay. It's, that's the only one you take? No, this is that's the it, so I got mix the grab bag mix the first time. Wasn't a big fan of the strawberry thing. <laughs> I have apple cinnamon and mango in my hand. The mango so. is good. The apple cinnamon was another one. I was like, Ugh. in the middle of the run, we, you gotta you are used to it. It's a bit of a different taste. Okay, so we're looking at. I'm going to see the average of sodium that's in these things. So about one hundred and one hundred and five milligrams of sodium, and so you take six gels. Okay, so are you a heavy sweater? Do you leave like white residue on your body when you sweat? Absolutely, 100%. So, so I'm going to go with, you should have had at least 500 milligrams of sodium per hour. Okay, and so that means three hours. That means you should have 1,500 milligrams of sodium. What was the temperature? That's, I think, the, the other thing that might have done it. Because there, there were some hills on the back end. And it day was too. Yeah. in the 60s. It started out in the 30s. Or the low 40s, I think. But it got up to the 60s, and I was overdressed. All right. 105. So it's 105 per jail, right? So you had 105 per jail times six. That's 100. So you took in 130 milligrams. There it is. That's it right there. You didn't have enough sodium. No enough mm -hmm. electrolytes. Mm -hmm. So what happens is the mood changes. The mood changes and the muscles stop firing. Right. And so it makes you want to walk. It makes you doubt yourself. It makes you have negative thoughts. The I asked you all the other questions first, just the process of elimination. There's no reason for you to doubt yourself. And I think what most people uh, think about, oh, it's because it's I went further. It's not. Look at the nutrition first. Always look at the nutrition, especially if you've been, you have a very regimented plan. You have a very organized plan. And for you, you do, you have a coach. And so like, I know what your fatigue is like. I know what you're capable of. If you're not consistent though, that's for people that are listening. It could be the inconsistency of your training, but he is very consistent. And so if we're talking about somebody that's used to running, like you love cold weather, why? Cause you're a big guy. So I, I can almost guarantee you're a sweater. And so now it's starting to looking at your area It's going up into the eighties here. So you're going to start sweating more and sort of. Everything that you've been doing when it was been six feet or eight feet of snow outside, right? You didn't need as much because you weren't sweating as much. If I had to, at least to give you the minimum, I would, for you being hot, I would give you 500 milligrams, and this because you're just a runner, 500 milligrams sodium per hour, okay? And so if you had, to, that means you only had 630 milligrams, and when you needed 1,500 milligrams, and then you didn't drink all the rest of your water because guess what? You're dehydrated. And then when you get dehydrated, you get nauseous or you start not wanting, your appetite gets curved. You don't want to eat. You don't want to drink. That's another sign of dehydration. And for three hours, you couldn't even finish two bottles of water. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. where our issue is, is not the distance. It is your nutrition. And this is why I ask those questions. Even when I, like I say, as we get closer to it, I need to know this information more because as people go further, they get so more about the distance that they forget about the nutrition that takes them the distance, right? So you have to fuel yourself in the first hour for the last hour. And so that, that's a continuous thing. So you, one, we need to finish the water. Now we need to figure out how do we get you more electrolytes, more sodium, right? Mm -hmm. And because most times the things that they use for endurance athletes, they, they give you more sodium, but they also give you more potassium or calcium or magnesium. So those things, those are building blocks for electrolytes, right? And so 
the easiest thing. So there's a pill called there a salt called salt stick, electrolyte capsules. So this is the non-caffeine. I don't want you taking caffeine this next go around. Okay. Until matter of fact, let's the next two weeks, let's not do caffeine for the jails. You can do whatever you normally do for your life. Do that. These capsules come in a caffeinated form and they come in decaf. Like, so one of these capsules has 215 milligrams of sodium. So if you took, say it's a hot day, because let me look at the, how the weather's about to, this 16 mile run shouldn't be that hot. But like, say if you was running on Tuesday, Tuesday it says it's going to be 80 degrees, so it's going to be really hot. So I would at least have you, so the jail has 105. This one has 215. So we would go two each hour. So I would tell you to do one capsule every 30 minutes and you drink it with water, right? If it was what it was looking like for because I put you, I'm giving you another 16 mile run on 15th. It's looking like it's going to be 47 degrees. What I would do is make sure you drink all your water. It's not a choice. This is, has to happen. That 40 ounces needs to be gone because if that's not enough, we need to figure out how to get more. But if you're not finishing the 20, we don't know that. Make sure we get 40 ounces of water over the, this next run and let's do it's 47 degrees. So I'm and it's going to be. It might not be running outside. It looks like it's snowing and raining, but we'll see. One capsule an hour. So that'll give you about 320, right, on a cooler day. And so let's go with that and see where we are with that. And the one gel every 30 minutes. Stay, stay with the gel. The gels are fine. It just doesn't have enough sodium in the gel. Now, Huma Gel makes a gel that has 240 milligrams of sodium. Huma Gel has the regular gels that have 105 milligrams of sodium. Then they have the gels, like this one is blackberry banana, double electrolytes. It says it on the packs. And so this one is 240 milligrams of sodium, right? And you can do this one of two ways. You can get two of these gels, right? And so now you have everything you need. And so just knowing what gels you can have, you can mix and match depending on what you think the day is going to be like. And so for me, I always mix it up. I mix that and I make sure I have extra the double gels in here because sometimes I don't, maybe I don't think I need a lot of electrolytes or it might be cooler. So as it gets hotter, it's something you may want to, and there's I think three different flavors that come in double electrolytes. And so you don't have to always take the tab. So the key is, well, the reason I'm telling you about this is when you're taking in nutrition, we want to try to find the easiest way to get everything into you without having a dang-gone five-course meal. Take a pill, drink this, drink that, eat this, eat like this. And No, if we can get everything at once, when I do triathlon, if we can do it all in the fluid, then we don't need to no pop no pill. We need to chew nothing. You just keep it super simple. It takes the complication down. But you still need to understand what you're putting in your body because if you lose your nutrition, it stops working. You need to understand, have an idea of what you need to be putting in and know what's at the aid stations to replace that if you don't, if you no longer what you have. Like maybe the gels maybe start making your stomach hurt or something like that. And you say, okay, what else are, what are my other choices? And so these are the things that you have to know because it's like, oh, I take three gels, I take two or three gels. Okay, what's in it? I don't know. I just, I take two or three. If you're missing it, or if this is what you're training with and this happens, people lose jail packets, people lose all kinds of stuff, or you forget it at home, which is hopefully doesn't happen. Then you need to understand the macros that you're intaking on a time schedule. And so hot day, we go one gel every 30 minutes. We go two capsules, one every 30 minutes, basically. And then on cool day, what we do is this, the gel's the same. 
then we do one capsule every hour. And so that gives you 315, 320. If you decide to get the jails, do you just, you adjust accordingly, the double jail and adjust accordingly. Just know that we're trying to, for a hotter day, we want 500 milligrams of sodium. For a cooler day, we can go with 300-ish. And let's see where that puts us. And you need to finish the water. So that means you need to be more diligent about, so usually when people, they have that much water, you should be drinking maybe every five to 10 minutes. It's in, you should understand. And even if you want to take the water bottle, say you're going to be out there three hours and you break each bottle in, into a 90 minute, like you mark on the bottle and say 30 minutes, 30 minutes here, 15 minutes. And you put those tag marks on the bottle, you know where you need to be and you can be done by the end. And so you're not taking in too much up front and where you cause the bloatiness or the sloshy stomach or because if you take in too much fluid too fast, your body can't absorb it that fast. Even if it's hot outside, like the body, the absorption rate is different with each person and it does, it's not going to absorb fast one because the gut is getting all the blood and it's trying to digest food. And it's trying to, the blood is going into your legs and all that. It's uh, so many things going on where your stomach needs to get used to doing the exact same thing, not variations of it. And so the timing of when you're drinking, the timing of when you're eating is very important. You know, that's something actually you just reminded me about two weeks ago, that 14 mile run. I remember now that I was off on my water intake. So I tried to catch up and I drank too much and I was getting towards the end and I was out of water. And then I was at 30, I'd had 30 ounces. I didn't have two full bottles. So I'd had 30 ounces. And that's one thing that was messing with me on that run was I wasn't following my hydration plan the way that I had been doing it. Right. So now we, now we have this established a pattern and it's always in the, when you start to struggle, it's on the back end, because when you do it, we usually start off doing it fine and people lose track of their nutrition if they don't have like timing or going on their watch or they don't have it planned, right? We're going to practice it so much that it's going to be second nature by the time you get the race day, right? And so if you mess it up in the beginning or you mess up in the middle, you're going to feel it towards the end. You just said one key thing. I tried to catch up. Ain't no catching yeah. up. You ain't out there long enough. Because that was when I was started, because you were talking about that sloshy stomach, and that was where mm -hmm. I was feeling uncomfortable on that 14-mile run because I was drinking too much to make up for those. Like, I, I went the first two or three miles feeling good but didn't drink any fluids, like, for the first 20, 25 minutes yeah. where I was like, wait a minute. And that's, I think exactly one, of, and I would say exactly, but I think that was one of the things that made that 14 mile run uncomfortable. The 16 mile run was just totally different. Yeah. Just take more sips. That's the key. Don't gulp. If you got to, then you're drinking too much. Like you just want to, you sip, you want to sip the whole time and people like get lazy and say, I just want to do it this time. It's too much. No, but your body is telling you that what you're doing is not working. So you have to have that understanding of how much is going into your body. And so what we have established today is I don't think anything, again, is wrong with your fitness. It is your nutrition. And this happens to a lot of athletes, too. And the first thing they say is, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. You don't you're not doing something correctly. And so there's if you're not asking yourself the right questions or know what questions to even ask yourself, you need to have someone that you can say, this is what I'm doing. And to this whole point of me coaching you, you don't always have to have a coach with somebody to help you. You can hire a coach as a consultant where maybe every quarter or every month they, you just have one call with them and you pay them whatever their hourly rate is. They go over your training plan, what you've been doing, what they recommend that you do and move forward. 
give you some, you can ask as many questions and they ask you about nutrition. I do it with a lot of athletes that they just don't want coaching. They have the discipline to do it themselves, but they don't have all the knowledge to, to make the adjustments and to get things they don't know, you know? And so it's always good to run it by someone, but know that the further you go running, cycling or swimming, whatever it is, the further you go when it comes to endurance sports, the body is going to do something different. You, the biggest one I see is like people drinking on 5Ks. You don't need water on 5K. You just don't. Like you, can, you say you do, but if you're dehydrated during the 5K, the water you drink during the 5K ain't going to help you during the 5K. I'm just throwing that out there. This is going to go in the bathroom all afternoon. Yeah, that's all. That's going to happen. Like after the race, you're going to be peeing like nonstop. It's too late. Like the 48 hours leading up to it matters. But as you go further, the body has more time to absorb things. Then the foods change, then the fluid levels change, right? And then you need certain things, right? And you might say, oh, I need it. I felt good. If you drank Gatorade or you had some type of electrolyte drink or something with sugar in it, you're going to feel that because that's a carb, sodium, that your body's going to absorb quicker than it does the fluid itself, right? And so these just are things that you need to be thinking about as, guess what? You can, he can wake up on race morning. That's why I tell you, like, this is the cool day scenario. This is the hot day scenario. What We don't know what the race day is going to look like yet. And so we need to know, it's okay, we need to go up the hot race strategy. Then you know what to do. And if you start having these issues out there, what I want to tell you is two things. I'm going to give you two tips. If you start having the sloshy stomach, slow down on everything. Wait 15, 20 minutes. You're not going to die because what, when the sloshy stuff means your body is no longer absorbing whatever you put in it. So putting more in it ain't going to help. I'm going to miss my window. It don't. It's just going to make it worse. It ain't going to help. Back off a little bit. Give it a little bit of time. 10, 15 minutes. I've waited 30 minutes before, but then I started, okay, you feel the slushiness go away. You start feeling better. And then you might not feel like some people get nauseated. Then slowly start to implement it. Don't try to catch up. Don't try to catch up. Just pick off where you left off and just continuously be putting fuel in your body. And the second part is don't get so stuck in it. If I tell you to take a gel every 30 minutes and on race day you feel hungry, you take something else in, right? Because you, the excitement, the weather, and a lot of different factors, your body might be telling you that you need more or that you need less. Listen. This is the time in training to listen to what your body is saying. So when these moments are happening that we're discussing, you know how to handle it. And I don't have to give you that advice. So what we're going to do on the 15th is we're going to go, I'm going to slow you down to 1030. I want you to hold that. We, and we're going to go to 9-1. And what the 9-1 simulates is run a mile, walk through the aid stations. Usually that's where similar most races are. But like you, I want you to get used to the starting and stopping because if you're running, and you walk through the A station, which I would like you to do at, during the race, walk through the A stations and start running again. I want you to get used to starting and stopping. Because mm -hmm. stopping, when you get to the, the back end of the race, is harder. It just, you just want to keep going. Your body's like, I just want to finish. Right? And it's starting after yeah. stopping. It's sore. You're like, oh, it's so painful to, to get the engine going again. But so we go over it in training, and then we don't have this issue. And so we're going to start that. And we're going to do the 9-1 all the way, even on race day. And I think the 10-30 pace will, not, it's not really for the nutrition piece. It's to have you feeling better on the back end. And if you're dealing with any elevation to compensate for that. Sounds like a plan. And, and I know you got my back. And regardless of anything else, I'm certain we'll get to the end. We, we, if you go, yeah, even if you got to, 
That's the good thing about it, right? You all, no matter how he's struggling, he still finishes the mileage every time. And so there's no, like you said, your mental resilience and grit and perseverance is going to get you there. How you get there is really up to how we handle trading. The key is to make it, you get other than, man, I could have kept running. If I get that comment at the end or some dancing or, man, I felt great, then I feel I've done my job correctly. And you followed the plan to a T. Sounds good. All right. No, I appreciate it. I, I did not think it was the fueling or the nutrition. I thought it was the warm day and the hills on the back end of the course, as yes. you said. Yeah. But it, it was yeah. the warm days and the, the hills on the back of the course because the hills take more nutrition, mm-hmm. right? You spend more, you sweat more, right? If the warmer course, that means your body's going to be burning more fuel because it's hotter and it's trying to cool itself all the above. All of it affects each other. Glad we did it this week and not five weeks from now. Like you said. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's all I got, man. I, I, everything else looks good. You have a lower volume this week. I want to give you a little rest after that, but you're still going to have the 16-mile run. Sounds good. We're here for it. All right. Appreciate it, coach. Easy day, bro. Week 13, as I mentioned, five weeks to go. And as I also mentioned in the conversation, I'm waiting for that magical moment where I'm certain in my own mind that I can manage the marathon. I heard it, and you probably heard it from Coach Morgan as well, that he's certain that I can do it. That's based on his experience, sure, but it's also based on what he has gotten to know about me over these past several months. The one thing that strikes me, however, is that I thought that I was struggling with mental stuff when it's actually the nutrition and fueling that needs to be tweaked. And it makes sense. If you don't have to worry about having no fuel left in the tank, you don't have to stress about walking down the shoulder of the highway with a gas can in your hand. As people go further, they get so more about the distance that they forget about the nutrition that takes them the distance, right? So you have to fuel yourself in the first hour for the last hour. And so that, that's a continuous thing. Again, this is where I can see having a coach is extremely helpful in this process. We've all read articles online about needing to fuel properly during training and during a race, and yet I've still run about 10 half marathons getting fueling all wrong. If it weren't for Coach, I'd be putting in the miserable miles. But because of Coach, they're good, strong miles. So thanks again for joining us for the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast, where you can hear mere mortals like you and me reach our goals as I train for the 2023 Denver Colfax Marathon. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me at Dwayne at BetterMentalHealth.com. If you want to support a great cause, I'm a charity partner with the Second Wind Fund, a Colorado organization that focuses on improving access and delivery of suicide prevention care for children and youth at risk for suicide. You can donate to the cause by going to coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast. As a reminder, simply by listening to the show, a dollar's going into the pot. If you want more dollars to go into the pot, share the show with others who may appreciate it. If you want to reach out to Coach Morgan to show appreciation for the excellent work that he does or sign up for the People's Coach newsletter, find him at morganlatimore.com. All of the links to each of these are in the show notes. So thanks for joining us for another episode of the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast. And just remember, mere mortals can do extraordinary things.